All right, guys, welcome to Property Profits Podcast, the everyday real estate investor show. And uh, my name is Bryce Kaminsky. I'm filling in for Dave Dubow. And if you've ever wondered how a first-time landlord transformed a foreclosure property into a thriving real estate portfolio, well, today, Charles Regara shares his secrets behind his success from house hacking to scaling up. Charles, welcome to the show. Great to have you here. Hey, Bryce. Thanks so much for having me here. So you're zooming in from Chicago today? Yes, sir. Awesome. How's the weather there today? Uh, it's actually pretty nice this time of the year. We have, we're about like mid 50s, lower lower 60s. So yeah, it sounds like wind, the windy city. So um, <laughs> real estate, it's always got a, an origin story, usually something to do with rich dad, poor dad. Um, how did you get started? Where Where does that seed get planted in your history? So I actually like have no idea real estate, never dabbled with it. Um, my first exposure with it is actually from my brother, JR. And um, he started 2016. And um, since then, I was just kind of like you know, attending meetups, uh, listening to podcasts. Bigger Pockets is one of the big yep. ones. Um, and it, it didn't take me until about 2018. So I'm just like, you know what? Maybe I'll pull the trigger. You know, I just graduated college. I, I had some money saved up, you know, I want to put that somewhere because I always know that I need to invest money, but mm -hmm. I had no idea that real estate was the way to go. So um, got my start 2018, um, bought, uh, bought my first one, it was a three flat, and that was the foreclosure one, it's actually a home path property. So since it was going to be owner occupied, you know, I planned to live in one and rent out the other. Um, it's, it's, uh, it, it was rough though, because <laughs> since it was a foreclosure, um, had to put a lot of work in the basement. Um, the first floor, thank God was like, was serviceable, you know, just some cosmetic stuff, some painting, changing the hardware on the cabinets and was able to rent that out. And I was probably, um, out of pocket, probably like a couple hundred bucks. Um, so I was house hacking at that point. And as, as soon as I received that first check for rent, it was like a light bulb moment for me. Mm -hmm. And I said like, you know, what if I have more of this? What if I keep doing it? Mm -hmm. So then, um, actually like I, I didn't have much capital, you know, I was just starting off with my W2 job and, um, I, I had to apply for a personal loan. Um, and that was probably like 20, 30 K at the time and uh, fixed up the basement. And I, I had some work to be done for, cause I was living in the second floor. Um, right. So I, th there was some work to be done there as well. Um, uh, after that, uh, we refinanced the house and then just kind of like rinse and repeat. I bought a four flat in Berwyn and that, that one is a cash cow. So um, just been collecting cash flow ever since. So. Yeah, yeah. I really love the scalability of real estate. You know, you have that light bulb yeah. moment you're like, okay, I could flip one house, but what about if I raise some capital and I could flip two at a time or three or five at a time? Or what if I could get some investors and, you know, acquire 10 or even, you know, really with the scalability, could I acquire a hundred units this year? If you're so motivated? Yeah, probably. Yeah, so sure. now that you've been in, how long have you been in real estate now? A couple of years? Five years now. Yeah. Since 2018. So what does the portfolio look like now after your first house hack? You still own that property? Yes, so I have uh, seven doors in total, um, two buildings. It's a uh, three flat and a four flat, uh, one in Cicero and one in Berwyn area. Yeah, yeah, just and these are the suburbs in Chicago, right? Correct, yes, yeah, so about like 15, 20 minutes away from the city. And so just to give people who are maybe in the Chicago area or, or thinking about investing in Chicago, what are the numbers like on those properties, if you don't mind me asking? 
Yeah, I mean, it's, it's very strong. Obviously, it's stronger, like, w once you get closer to the city. Yeah. But um, it, it's a really, it's a, like, the suburb that I'm in, it's a blue-collar community. You know, like, it, the, the rents are strong. It's very competitive. And, it, like, the appreciation is really good as well because, like, we're not too far from the city. We're also not too close. So we're just kind of, like, in that perfect middle ground. So, yeah, it, it, yeah it's, it's, a good, it's a good suburb to be in. So how much is it costing you and how much are you getting in rent? Um, so right now my um my, my total cash flow is around forty three hundred, mm -hmm. and um oh no I'm sorry not cash flow but like total rents about forty three hundred, and I'm um, I'm cash flowing probably like eight hundred bucks off of that, and mm -hmm. that's just because um I'm I'm really just trying to um save capital to scale to for the next one, yeah. um, and you know like for reserves you know capital expenses uh, maintenance and all that stuff. So uh, just kind of like putting it back to the buildings. And um, yeah, like I said, just trying to um, just trying to go for the next one. Yeah, because a lot of people will fall into the trap early on of like living on that cash flow. But, right. you know, all it takes is a furnace or a hot water tank or a roof. Oh, yeah. And now you're going back to the bank to get another 20, 30K. So um, as a realtor, how does that impact your investing um, it, it's really, it's really cool because I, I get the best of both worlds and I can find deals for myself. Um, now that, uh, cause I got my real, my real estate license in 2021. So about two, two to three years in. And, um, now that I know how to run numbers, now that I know what to look for, I could actually, um, just kind of like eliminate the, the middleman, you know, instead of me, like, you know, like reaching out to an agent, like, Hey, I want to see this property. I want to see this. Um, I was able to just kind of like, you know, go into the MLS and, um, check out the properties for myself, schedule the showings for myself, like, um, like as soon as it's available. Right. So like, I don't have to work in someone else's time. Mm -hmm. Um, and that, that really allowed me to kind of like, um, to underwrite more deals, underwrite more houses, like uh, on my own time and like and quicker too. And, uh, also allowed me to, um, to explore other markets outside of like my, uh, my buy box, which is like, you know, Cicero, Berwyn, Oak Park, yeah. just kind of like, you know, surrounding suburbs. So. So what does the future look like? Um, or rather, we're we're in, let's talk about in the present, your saving capital and raising capital, or what does that look like for your next purchase? Um, so I, I definitely want to um to, to to dive in commercial units, you know, it's maybe like five to eight. Um, yeah. anything more is probably gonna be too overwhelming for me. But um, yeah, de definitely want to dive into commercial units. I also wouldn't mind like maybe two to four. I mm -hmm. like I said, I, I really just wanna. Um, uh, it's hard to find a cash flowing property right now. You have to be really creative. Yeah. But um, yeah, like I said, I I I want to explore other markets as well outside of my buy box, and um, yeah, just saving as much capital as I could because right now, if I'm not finding deals, at the very least, I want to save as much capital as I can when like a disaster hits. You know, like I said, like if a furnace or um. Our roof because yeah i mean here in chicago too we've had like crazy weather we just got um like cicero and berwin actually just got approved um as a disaster area by fema because we had like this big flood um beginning of the summer i think it was july 2nd like everybody's basement was flooded so yeah, um yeah that was an expense that i i definitely wasn't expecting um so yeah um at the very least i, I want to save as much capital as i can and if a deal comes up you know definitely i, I i'm all for it so yeah the deal the deal's uh There'll be deals. There's always deals. It's just a matter of uh, being ready with the capital. So how are you preparing capital wise to acquire the next deal? 
So yeah, I, I mean, obviously you know, your regular savings account, right? And then mm -hmm. um, the every cash flow, I, I have a separate, I have a separate like real real estate account for that. And mm -hmm. uh, I have I, I have a certain percentage that goes into capex. I have a certain percentage that goes into maintenance. I have a certain um a certain account that goes to just reserves, just mm -hmm. for like. And, and then um the the most important thing is having uh, a separate account for for secure deposits. Yeah. Because like you know, with your tenants and um, you know, they go like in and out, especially with like uncertainties right now in this economy, right? Um, so I always want to make sure that I'm not over leveraging myself because yeah. um, the the last thing that I want to happen is that I have like two to three because I only have seven doors, right? So like, right. um, if like two to three of my tenants decide like, hey, you know what, I I need to look for something else, I have to you know obviously do my due diligence. And um, possibly return the the security deposit, right? Bearing like any issues, like you mm -hmm. know, like that's the with the units and stuff, right? So I, I always want to make sure that I, I I'm I'm not underwater, and that uh, I have the I have enough capital to kind of like cover all of like those blind spots. So yeah, so you're self managing the properties still, yeah? Correct. Yes. Okay, and so um, you know, some people go to property management um simply because they're you know, maybe too busy or they just really don't want to deal with the tenants in the toilets. Uh, have you found it to be an advantage to self-manage or are you looking to you maybe move in the direction of finding managers as you grow your portfolio? Yeah, I mean, eventually my goal is to have um to work with a property management. I think right now, since like my portfolio is small, yeah. um, I could still and, and like I said, like I live in Berwyn as well. My buildings are only about like five to ten minutes away. Mm -hmm. Um, so so like I self-manage them like to an extent, right? Like um right. like sometimes I would get uh, a call a phone call at, at 10 p.m. at night and they say that um there's no electricity, you know, uh and I will tell them like, you know, I've contacted ComEd or whatever their um yeah. their service um company is and there's no problem. But uh, I, long story short, it was just a trip. Like it was just a, a trip circuit breaker. Yeah, um, so you had to go down there and. Yeah, so I, I had to go down there it. just like flip a switch, and you know it, it's very annoying for me. But again, you know, like this is what I signed up for. You know, I'm a landlord, and like yes, I could have been like you know I could probably just take this up to the morning and then you know make the drive down there like when it's um when there's light out. But again, you know it, it's the middle of the summer. You know they they only have window units, so uh, and they had a newborn. So I kind of yeah. just like took all of those um in mind and be like, well, I don't want them to, you know, like to spend the night like on a 90 degree weather. Like it was probably like 80, like 75 in the unit. But again, yeah. it was like warm weather all in all. So like um I just I, I that's probably like a weakness of mine because like I still have like a soft, like I'm still kind of like soft and hard. It's kind of like doing yeah. that for my sentence. But like, again, this is what I signed up for, and it was just like five minute drive and um I'm glad like he was they, they were very painful that I was able to yeah. do that for them and I'm I, at the end of the day I'm just glad that it wasn't like something bigger right so well some sometimes people forget the fact that you know we're provi we're providing a service we're providing a product right. which is the rental so you got to service your customers essentially it's like a long-term hotel stay because exactly. they don't own it and expecting them to know how to like manage the electricity would be great you know sometimes you get mm -hmm. a tenant that is a little handier or understands, you know, oh, it's just a breaker. Um, but, you know, we, we sometimes have to go down there and flip, flip a switch for these people that allow them to continue to enjoy the unit. So um, talk about, because you'd mentioned, you know, two or three units uh, might come vacant. Uh, 
what's your philosophy behind placing tenants? Um, so I have, uh, you know, like I go to this website. It's just a standard background check that we run for any any um, applicants that are like 18 or over mm-hmm. and basically just checks like their um, eviction history, you know, like mm-hmm. absolutely no evictions for um, any of my um, any of my rental units. Um, also checks their credit score and um, also checks like their like past residents and all that stuff. And um, basically mm-hmm. just how financially responsible they are. Right. And yeah. I like to think that um, I'm a good judge of character. And, um, you know, I've, I've obviously learned my lessons, like, you know, like kind of just like starting out, you know, I have like those like a couple bad apples along the way, but it's getting better as far as like screening sentence. And, um, and again, you, you really just, especially since I'm self-managing all of my buildings, I, I really had to be like a good judge of character and, um, and just like, you know, pandemic happened and I was fortunate enough to like not have to go through like any evictions and stuff. I just had to communicate with all of my tenants that like, hey, you know, if you're going to be late, that's fine. You know, let's just keep like an avenue and like an open communication throughout. And you know, I'll help you out as much as I can, because like everyone's going through it. Right. Like I'm going through it as well. Yeah. So, yeah. um Yeah. I'm just screening tenants and yeah like i said you'll run into like a few bad apples along the way but um it, it's not about kind of like dwelling on those mistakes but it's just kind of like you know keep pushing forward and kind of mm-hmm. just like learning your mistakes along the way so so um when it comes to to deal and and like putting deals together are you a find the deal first and raise the money second or do you prefer to have your money ready to go and then go shopping for a deal I definitely uh, want to have like my money ready to go before shopping for a deal because, um, like I said, um, I I'm I'm like an overthinker. Like you know, I probably yeah. like, get stuck in that process analysis um, most of the time. But um, last thing I want to put my I don't want to put myself myself in a position where like I would find a deal and then uh, you know again unexpected happens and like I don't have enough capital for it and then I end up. It's kind of like putting myself in a tough spot where like, you know, I might have to lose that deal or I might have to bleed a lot of money. Right. Or I might have to um, kind of like um, dip into like other equities and like um, just just like other um, areas that uh, that I'm not expecting to kind of like dive into. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just don't want to put myself in that uh, in that situation because, um, like I said, yeah, I'm an overthinker. So like I definitely want to have like enough capital before like you know shopping for deals and stuff. So yeah, you don't you don't you don't want that pressure that stress. It's exactly, not, it's not for everyone, and it's mostly like the reality is it's mostly in the flip game that you're doing a deal first acquisition. You know, buying holds more of like a strategic kind of chess move. Exactly, it's a long game. It's a, it's a lot more like chess than it is checkers. So when you um when you're looking for capital partners or rather um well let's start with that when you're looking for people to joint venture with you have you done any joint ventures yet i have i have not i have not any done any joint ventures yet unfortunately so have you have you thought about going down that route to grow your real estate portfolio i would like to i would like to and um i i've been trying to network and just mm-hmm. kind of like building building up like um my my connections Mm-hmm. And stuff um but like like i said right now um i think since i'm fairly small i i really want to i feel like i have a lot more to learn myself mm-hmm. and um uh, once i get to a point where like okay like maybe i could like 10x this or 20x this then um maybe i could go on ahead and like do a joint venture or find a partner 
um, kind of like loop them in and some of the deals and stuff. So, yeah. So you'd mentioned before the show that um, you're looking for more deals. What kind of deals are you looking for, for the people listening at home? Maybe you're a wholesaler, maybe you're another agent in the Chicago area. Um, what are you looking for? Um, like I said, um, just cash flowing, um, any commercial unit, five to eight. Um, and I, I will also wouldn't mind like a three or four flat, um, the you know, Berwyn Cicero area. If I had to go outside of that, then that's fine too. Um, I had to run the numbers myself because like I said, like, you know, just over analyzing is kind of like in my, in my genes, but, um, yeah, like, you know, just any cash flowing properties, you know, it, it's hard to even determine that like and even if it's not cash flowing if it's gonna if it's in a good area you know it's gonna appreciate and you know that puts like put some equity put some sweat equity in there and mm -hmm. you know maybe it's more of like a long game than you know kind of like refinance out and you know get your cash flow from there um so like basically like any deal any deal right now that would um that, that would yield me money kind of like in the long run or um, if I have to hold it for just a few years, you know, if I could flip it even, you know, that's also something that I would like to explore. So. Awesome. Awesome. So um, when it comes down to, you know, growing your portfolio, uh, are you burying these things right now? Are you flipping the money over and how far are you, I guess, have you burned all of the stuff out and the money's re ready to go? Or um, are you still in the process of, of burying any of the properties that you have now? So right now I actually have a primary residence, but I use the burn method method for my for my first one. Mm -hmm. Um because like like I said, I um I when I purchased that three flat, I lived in the second floor. Work. Yeah. Um I lived in the second floor with my wife and um the basement needed a ton of work. Uh first floor I was able to rent uh rent it out, um, was able to offset some of the costs um for the mortgage and um and fixed it. So we got my personal loan, fixed up the second floor and fixed up the basement. And we actually ended up moving into that basement and rented up the second floor. So now mm -hmm. that I have the first and second floor, I was able to um, term refi it from a FHA to conventional. That was an investment property mm -hmm. now. And um, we're able to, uh, to kind of like repeat that process and um, take the money that, um, that I was able to refinance out because it was a cash out refi, uh, paid off my, the personal loan and um, some of the leftovers, we we were able to put it on the next deal, mm -hmm. uh, which is the four flat in Berwyn. And I'm um, glad that that one, um, like I said, is a cash cow now, um, because I inherited tenants and they're great. Mm -hmm. um, and um, now I, to this day, I haven't had to like renew any of their leases. And um, yeah, we were actually fortunate enough, like, you know, we were in a good position to have like our own like primary residence now in Berwyn. And um you know, it, it sucks that I had to pay like my a, a mortgage now, but um, like I said, you know, we, we were able to just, I, I feel like that was the end goal. We were able to put ourselves in a position where like, okay, we don't have to live, you know, with our tenants, you know, we could actually just like get our own space and stuff. So yeah, you had to uh, long-term games at short-term sacrifices. So you move from exactly. the second floor down into the basement for a little bit to be able to set yourself up for this current position. So good for you, man. That's yeah, that's the dream. You, you're living the new American dream. So yes, definitely. Um, if people want to connect with you, they want to like send deals to you, or they want to work with you as a realtor. How do they find you? What should they do? How do they reach out? So the the best. Uh, so I don't I don't check social media or uh, social media at all. Uh, I have to do a better job with that. But um, the best way to reach me is um through email. Mm -hmm. Um, email is um Charles that your broker at gmail.com. 
Um, it's literally just, you know, your broker, Y-O-U-R broker at gmail.com. And um, I, I, I check my email every every single day, you know, because like I said, I'm a realtor as well. And I run deals all the time or I um, I, I underwrite deals all the time, I should say, um, for, for my clients as well, you know, for other people that are trying to house hack and get into like, you know, real estate investing, so. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So yeah, I really appreciate being on the show and um, I'm sure everyone got a lot of uh, information out of that and some knowledge to start. Um, hopefully this inspires people to get started much as yourself and do a little bit of short-term sacrifice for those long-term gains. Really appreciate it, Charles. All right. Thanks so much, Bryce. Thank you. And we'll take you guys on the next episode.